0: Thanks for listening to the New Stanton Church podcast. Check out our website at newstantonchurch.com where you can find out how to join our live stream at 901 on Sunday mornings. Now let's prepare our hearts for the word that we're about to receive. Well, good morning. Good morning. I'm Pastor Josh. I'm the Director of Community here at our church. I'm excited to speak with all of you this morning in the room. And if you're watching at home online, we're glad you could join us as well. Um, Just a couple things before we get started. There's Bibles under the seats. um, And if you need a Bible, you can take that home and read it and and see what God speaks to you through the scriptures. Also, you received a Connect card on your way in the door. If you want to let us know you're here, if you have a prayer request, you can put it on there. And those go in the offering baskets. which are in the the back of the room this morning. Uh, If you want to give online, we'll have a link for you. Um, But I am excited because this month in October, we are talking about living a life on mission for our Savior. Last Sunday, we saw that Jesus has given us a mission to make more disciples for him all over the world. And we committed to pray for a specific person, to pray for their salvation every day this month. Because here in America... the the church overall is missing its easiest target. Christianity is declining in our country. Half of our nation does not follow Jesus. And I think if it was easier and more comfortable for us to share our faith with someone else, those numbers might not be quite so low. But the truth is that many Christians here in our culture find it uh, difficult or intimidating to speak with anyone about their faith. And I felt the same way sometimes myself. In college, I had an urban ministry internship in New York City, and we partnered with various ministries all over the city to serve the poor, to share the gospel with people, and really experience what it's like to minister in an urban setting. Of course, we did lots of soup kitchens and homeless ministries, uh, but we also sought to um, evangelize, to share our faith with people we didn't know at all um, throughout the city, We handed out tracts on busy streets. We went to the opening night of the Republican National Convention in Times Square and the streets were just packed and we did religion surveys to try and start conversations with people about Jesus. We went to a Russian Jewish neighborhood and uh, some of our team stood up on a little wooden crate and preached on the street. Um, And I was so thankful that I was chosen to hand out Russian Bibles instead because I was pretty nervous about that. Uh, we also partnered with a church in Jamaica, Queens, and the pastor preached uh, to these apartment buildings across the street. He preached from the sidewalk with a megaphone, and then he invited some of us to share our testimony in the megaphone, and I had been, like, psyching myself up for it. Like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm going to do this. I don't want to, but I'm going to do this, uh, and then when I wasn't chosen, I felt so relieved because I was so nervous about it, and many of us have felt that, Right? If you felt that way before, would you say, me too? Me too. Uh, many Christians are intimidated by the idea of talking about their faith with a non-Christian. We think the bar is just too high for us. We think, well, will I have to talk to strangers? What, what if I say something wrong? What if they reject me? That's probably the most common one, right? And some of us abandon the mission. We, we follow Jesus in private. We never talk about him in public. And others of us take a baby step, and it's a good thing. Uh, we step out and we invite a friend to church. This is a great thing to do, um, and when we do this, we hope that if they come to a service, they'll hear the pastor share the gospel, and maybe they'll come to Jesus. The, the one problem with that, that is that it doesn't quite work as well as it used to in our culture. Uh, When our country was a majority Christian culture, this worked a little better. People were used to being in church, um, and it was less intimidating for them. But in 2020, most non-Christians are intimidated or uninterested in coming to a church service. I mean, I would be at least a little uncomfortable to attend Friday prayers at a mosque, right? Can't you imagine what that might feel like for them? And they have plans on Sundays, too. They have brunch Kids sports, fishing, or whatever. They're not sitting at home waiting for someone to invite them to a church service. So inviting people to church is good. But in 2020, it won't reach quite as many people as we need to reach. The truth is that you yourself can reach people that Pastor Steve can never reach from this pulpit on a Sunday morning. If we leave it to the pastor or the staff, many unsaved people will never hear the gospel because they won't come To a church service and be in this room. So the primary way that American Christians will bring people to Christ in 2020 is through a relationship, through a friendship. And this is really, really good news. This is actually much less intimidating than handing out tracts or preaching on a street corner in the city, right? The opportunity in our current culture is that the way Christians are most comfortable with sharing their faith, that's just hanging out with somebody and having a friendship and talking about your faith. That is also the least uncomfortable setting for a non-Christian. Because it's much easier when it's a natural part of just sharing your life with someone instead of something that feels maybe forced or impersonal. It's talking about something you love with your friends. And we do this all the time, nonstop. You talk about your kids. You talk about the Steelers. You talk about your favorite restaurant or whatever it is. And why does it have to be so different for us to talk about our faith and our Savior? It doesn't have to be that different. So this looks like conversations around the fire pit in the backyard. This looks like going out to lunch with somebody and just catching up and talking about what's really important in life. It's inviting people over for dinner, getting your family and their family together, and just sharing your story. It's not a sales pitch. It's not getting up in front of a crowd. It's just sharing how God has changed your life. And anybody can do this. Any Christian can share their own story with their friends who need Jesus. Even you. You don't need to to be a pastor to do this. You don't need to be some super Christian Uh, All you have to do is to tell others about how Jesus has changed your life. You can be a witness. And that's all Jesus wants from you. Jesus told his disciples after he was resurrected, um, he told them this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And the Holy Spirit is alive inside each and every Christian in this room or watching online this morning. And he will give you the power that you need to be a witness of what Jesus has done in your life. God doesn't need you to be a salesperson. God doesn't need you to be a prosecuting attorney who's going to prove to them how much of a sinner they are. He needs you to be a witness. Be a witness. Speak about what you have experienced. And this morning, I want to help you get ready for those types of conversations. I want to give you my three essentials to being a witness. First, be a thoughtful conversation starter. And I'll I'll tell you what I mean by that. This is important because words are necessary to preach the gospel. There's a, a famous quote that says, preach the gospel at all times and use words if necessary. Of course, we need to live it out too, but... Man, it's always necessary, okay? The apostle Paul thought so too. And he said, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can, how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? We have to practice what we preach, but there's no way around it. We have to use words if we want people to put their trust in in God. So being a thoughtful conversation starter is important, because all meaningful relationships start with a conversation, not a presentation. If someone feels like they're being given a presentation, they either view it as a business relationship, or they just want to get out of there, right? But a conversation is different. It's personal. It's relaxed, and it goes both ways. One great way to start good conversations is to ask them questions about their beliefs. And listen closely. Questions open the door to conversation. People always, almost always respond to this because people like to talk about themselves. You do too, okay? Don't pretend you don't. They're the same. Everybody does. And they will basically always start a conversation with you and tell you what they believe and where they're at. Now, the goal here is not to, you know, uh, correct them uh, where they're wrong, but to understand them better and to start a conversation that points to Jesus. So don't jump to contradicting uh, what they just said they believe, but listen intently on what they say to you. And here's why I say that. Any half-decent missionary will tell you that you have to contextualize your approach. Not the gospel. The gospel never changes. It's true forever, all time. But the way you approach that conversation is different. How you share the gospel with an Iranian is different than you would share it with an American or a Japanese person. And you have to adapt your approach. The Apostle Paul did this in Acts 17 when he was in Athens. He didn't speak to these Greek philosophers in the city square of Athens the same way that he spoke in the synagogues in Israel. And he, he spoke to these people By noticing one of their religious shrines to an unknown God. And so he said, I'm gonna teach you about this unknown God that you've been worshiping. And he even used some of their Greek poets to talk to them and, and approach it in a way that made sense to them and fit where they were at. And it's the same thing when you're sharing your faith one on one with someone the gospel never changes, but your approach can be adjusted. And asking about their beliefs is so important. Because listen to this, after they have told you what they believe, almost every normal person will look at you and they will ask you, what do you believe? And that is your open door. So if you have been feeling, oh man, like I know this is important, but in, in real life I just don't have open doors for me to share about my faith or, or tell my story, I would encourage you to try this and you will be amazed to see what happens. The second essential of being a witness is be loving. Jesus said the most important commandment was to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And he also said that the second most important command is to love your neighbor as yourself. And if we don't love our neighbor well while we try to live on mission, then we're not really living on mission. If if our method doesn't line up with our message, uh, people We'll see right through it. If you aren't really sharing Jesus with them for their good, because you love them and care about them, they'll pick up on that and they won't be open to what you're telling them. As the famous saying goes, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Even Peter, the most brash and bold of all the 12 apostles, told Christians to share their faith with gentleness and respect. He said, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. One easy mistake to make is to get distracted trying to address their morality and their specific bad choices instead of focusing on bringing them to Jesus. A bunch of our small groups are doing a study right now called Life on Mission, Uh, by this pastor, Tim Harlow. And he says, if morality is our main message, we soon become consumed with how wrong the world is. And before long, we don't even see people as lost anymore because we are so irritated by how wrong they are. And, And so he's saying our sense of value for who they are goes down if we only see them as so morally wrong and evil, okay? Jesus is the one who's gonna transform them. And it's getting the cart before the horse when we try to fix them before we bring them to Jesus, okay? So don't try to fix their their selfishness or their sexuality or their bad language. Just love them. Love them and tell them about Jesus. And uh, I want to give you a, a few really fast tips right here about how you can love your friends while you're sharing your faith. My first tip for you is to admit your own faults. Everyone has to admit that they've sinned and they need God when they come to him. But if people feel judged or personally attacked, if they feel like you are having yourself up here and them down here, their walls are gonna go up so fast that conversation will be over. And one way that you can show that, listen, we all have sinned and need God's grace is to admit your own faults. And this will be part of sharing your story of how you met Jesus, which we're gonna talk about in a minute. When we admit the ways that we have sinned, it makes it much easier for them to admit that they're not perfect either. The second tip is to not use Christianese. If you've been a Christian for a long time, you may not realize just how many words you say that non-Christians have no frame of reference for. They don't know the lingo. So the loving thing to do is to, to not use those words that are going to confuse them these Christianese words and phrases, okay? If you say washed in the blood, you're gonna really creep them out, okay? But even sometimes saying sin or born again can confuse them, and they might feel like they can't relate to you. Now, my next tip is something I mentioned last week, but I wanna say it again. Ask if you can pray for them. I mean, you should pray for them on your own no matter what, but ask if you can pray for them right now together, if you ever have an opportunity. Number one, this shows that you care about them and want God to do good things in your life. And and many people will agree to this, even if they don't believe God exists, because they want whatever they can take, because life is difficult. And second, this opens the door for them to see that God is real and he answers prayer. This is even a good question to ask people that you've just met or barely know because God will do amazing things through your prayers. Now, the final essential of being a witness is to be ready to tell your story. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. What's a witness? It's not complicated. A witness is just someone who has experienced something And shares what they saw with others. Just like in court, where a witness testifies to their experience so that a jury can make an informed decision, we too have experienced God's grace and we have a story to tell someone. So don't miss a single opportunity to share of the good that God has done in your life. Don't hesitate, even for a second, to make the most of any opportunity that you get. Paul has the same advice for one of the early churches. He said, live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. One of the most important things to do so that you don't miss an opportunity is to be prepared. Know how you want to share your story ahead of time so that it's natural and it's easy to do when the time comes. Let's look back at that verse from 1 Peter. Peter said, But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. So with our last five minutes or so, we're going to do what Peter said. We are going to prepare I'm going to help you think through how you can share your faith story with your friends and family. So there are a lot of different methods that Christians have used to share the good news, um, but we're going to focus on sharing how Jesus has changed our life. Uh, Many of those methods focus on sharing the plan of salvation in abstract terms. And they're not wrong, but storytelling is way more effective at grabbing people's hearts and minds. Everybody loves a good story, and you have a story to tell. Plus, people can oppose your ideas, but they can't really oppose your experience. They can't say, you didn't experience that, right? So telling your God story is the way to go. In church circles, we call this a testimony, but once again, that's Christianese, okay? So don't use that word with your friends. Uh, you should all know how to tell your story in about two minutes. It doesn't take a a 15-minute long dissertation to tell your story and help them to get the point. So be concise at first. And then if they have more questions, by all means, keep that conversation going. If you would all pull out your sermon notes handout, I handed many of you got a a handout this morning um, that has a spot for some notes. If you would pull that out right now, that'd be great. I want to teach you a really simple way to share your story This is what the Apostle Paul did in Acts 26. Uh, We're not going to read through that this morning, but if you want to look that up, you can write down Acts 26. Uh, So you're going to share, one, what your life was like before Jesus, how and when you began to follow him, and how your life has changed since then. So when you think it might be a good opportunity to share your faith, say a silent prayer and ask the Holy Spirit to speak through you. And then start with what your life was like before Jesus. So, I'd like you to think of a couple words that would describe what your life was like before you met Jesus. And write them down in the two blanks on your handout on the left side. You can go ahead and write that down now. Maybe you felt hopeless. Maybe you made a mess of your life. Whatever it is, write it down. And a great way to start talking about what you were like before you met Jesus is to say, there was a time in my life when I was searching for answers, or "I felt unloved," or I tried to be a good person without God." whatever your life was like before Jesus. Uh, if you've followed Jesus since you were a young child like me, uh, you may have to modify this a little bit. Right Before church, I was talking to somebody, and they said, "That's, that's their situation, and that's mine. But here's what you can do. You can talk about maybe one of the biggest ways that God has changed your life since becoming a Christian. Uh, Maybe you could talk about overcoming a fear or an addiction or something else of significance. Or for me, I usually talk about when I decided to follow Jesus for myself, not just because it was my family's faith. So start the story with who you were before. Then share how you met Jesus. But then, something happened that changed my life. But then, I met this person. But then, I had an experience that I had never had before. Say something like that. If it was a specific turning point in your life, I want you to just remember that moment right now and what God did. That's the experience that I want you to share with your friend. For me, I often talk about a youth camp I attended when I was 17. And I experienced God's presence and I felt his love. And in that moment, I knew that I could trust God, that he was real. And I decided to follow him for myself. Even if my family stopped following Jesus, this is who I wanted to be. Maybe for you, it was a friendship with a Christian. Maybe it was a church service. Or maybe you were just alone in your car and God met you there. Tell them how you met Jesus and decided to follow him. And lastly, tell them how your life has changed since then. Tell them, now my life is full of hope. Now my life is full of freedom from the guilt that I had. Now my life is, and fill in the blank with whatever God has done in your life. Tell them the difference that Christ has made in your life. They need to know the forgiveness that you have found. They need to know the hope that you have found in Jesus. So write down two words there, two words that define your life now after you put your faith in Jesus. What's different now? What's different? And once you've shared your story with them, you can ask, do you have a story like that? Or have you ever thought about following Jesus? Especially if they seem interested or close to believing in him. And they might say no. It might happen. But you've done your job. You've accomplished your mission that God called you to do. And sometimes for a lot of people, coming to Jesus is a process that takes time. And you are one part of that process. Or, you know, they might be a little bit curious. And you can talk more. You can invite them to church. You can get them a Bible, whatever you can do. But sometimes they will be ready to follow Jesus. And that moment will become part of their story when they put their faith in him. And if you want, at that moment, you can lead them in a prayer. It's not the words of the prayer that saves them, but it's helpful for them because they might not know what to say. The important thing is that they repent of their sins and they believe that Jesus died and rose again. Then the journey begins, so walk with them. Get them a Bible, pray for them, check in on them, answer their questions as best you can, and stick with them. But for now, I want to give you a homework assignment. So based on your notes, later today or maybe sometime this week, I want you to write out your testimony. It doesn't, shouldn't be long, right, because you should be able to say it in two minutes. And I want you to write it out. It's not a script, right? It's not a script to follow, but it's going through that process of writing it out will get it into your heart and mind so that when these conversations come up, you can be natural and it's really easy for you to share your story. It's worth the work, okay? It's worth the work of preparing for what to say because their soul is worth saving. Jesus hung on a cross and died for them. And we can love them and love Jesus by sharing with them the greatest story ever told. Amen? You know, some of, some of my favorite memories in life are when God used me to help bring someone to Christ. There's nothing like it. And I hope that some of you get to experience that same thing. I want to close in prayer now and commission all of you as you go about your week, to share what God has done in your life with anyone who will listen. May you live a life on mission. Father, we come to you. Jesus, we are so thankful that you have saved us. When we look back on who we were and we look at the change that you've made in our life, we are so thankful for what you have done for us. Thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for transforming us. And Jesus, help us to just overflow our love for you in all our relationships. God, that we would speak about what you have done for us. Lord, help us if, if we are intimidated or nervous about being rejected or whatever it is. God, we ask that you would calm our fears, you would speak to us, you would give us wisdom. But most of all today, God, we're asking for opportunities. Give us conversations that are open doors to sharing our faith. Jesus, we want everyone we know to experience what we have witnessed, what we have experienced. And we want to share your love and your forgiveness with everyone we know. Give us divine appointments this week. And use us for your glory to show people Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the New Stanton Church podcast. We'd love to connect with you. So visit our website at newstantonchurch.com. Follow the Get Involved tab and RSVP to our next meet and greet.